Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. The Steelers selected two Georgia Bulldogs to bolster their offense in the NFL draft this year. We'll get the inside scoop on both by talking to an insider from Athens, Georgia. Dave Finoli is an author and sports historian who has written many titles on the history of sports in Western PA. We'll take a journey back in time and talk to him about his work. The quest for Lord Stanley's Cup is down to four teams. Who do we like to advance? We'll make our predictions. I'm Bob Anderson. And I'm Dave Glass. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go Under Review, sponsored by Next Tier Bank. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. Dee couldn't make it tonight. It's just Dave and I, and uh, we still have an awesome hour of sports talk planned for you guys. And Dave, you know, the NFL draft is over, but I couldn't stop there. You know, alas, I have just yet begun to fight. And uh, we got it. It never ends for you, I swear. It never ends. We have to get some more talk in there. And by most accounts, the Steelers aced the draft. You know, they hit a home run, apparently, according to the the analysts and and it doesn't hurt when you go to Georgia for the for a couple of great players there. So they got Broderick Jones in the first round and Darnell Washington in the third. And just how good are these guys? So I thought we would reach out to a guest and bring them in and, and see just how good they are. Oh, so you're going to go to the source tonight. Let's go to the source. So we're going to go right out to the phone line tonight and bring in Mark Weiser of the uh, Athens Banner Herald in Georgia. Mark, did I get your name correct? How are you today? Yeah, pretty good. You did it well. You did well. Uh, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're great. Thanks great. for coming on with us. Uh, let's start with the Steelers' first round selection. They had a pretty big need at left tackle. Um, their offensive line's been a little weaker. Most analysts had Broderick Jones as one of the top two or three offensive linemen available. So, what kind of a prospect are we getting here with him? And and do you see him as a day one starter in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I think he has the capability to start on day one. I mean, he's, he's uh, from an NFL, um, you know, prospect. He, he's not a finished product. Uh, he didn't start uh, as many games as a lot of, you know, first-round tackles did. Um, you know, he 19 total starts and, and four at the end of uh, their first national championship in 2021. And then every year, uh, or I mean, every game uh, last season, um, you know, so um, – Came in as a huge high school uh, five-star prospect from outside of Atlanta, and uh, you know they have a lot of talent at Georgia on the offensive line, and so he had to kind of await his turn. Uh, but they called on him in the crunch when they needed him against Alabama, uh, when when they had some problems, uh, you know, in in their protection, and um, you know, really uh, never left the lineup after that. Yeah. So um, how how much do you think it matters when he's playing against you know top? level defensive talent and practice every night you know like uh Trayvon Walker was the first pick the year before and then Nolan Smith was a first rounder this year how much do you think that matters yeah I mean you know if you don't have the game if you don't have the game reps uh you know early in your career you're certainly getting them in practice and they also had Aziz Ojolari who uh, you know was an early round pick uh by the Giants and uh, you know there was uh, another early round pick uh that transferred to Florida State um uh, Jermaine Johnson. So you know, th- there's a lot of talent, um, you know, o- especially on the defensive side of the ball, and and you know, these offensive linemen uh, certainly uh, you know get toughened up 
um, and, and they've had a, a string of you know a first round offensive lineman, uh, and then another guy that that started last year for the Chargers and Jamari Sawyer, who was uh, fell all the way to the sixth round, but he's an important piece now to their their uh, team. So when, when we talk about Broderick Jones, and you kind of hit on the fact that he's considered, you know, obviously an elite prospect, but a little raw, didn't have the same number of starts. Put yourself in the coach's shoes. You're an NFL coach. Would you put him right out there and, and kind of take his lumps, or do you think there's some value in perhaps him, you know, starting his as depth and, and maybe halfway through the year, maybe he makes it into the lineup? What, which way would you go? I mean, it could obviously depend on, on what other options they have, but I mean, you know, he, he was very productive, um, didn't give up a sack, uh, you know, last year. And, you know, I guess Broderick says the run game is, is the area that he needs to improve most at. So, um, you know, it's not like he's not ready for it. It's uh, just, you know, um, it's a matter of what else the Steelers have, uh, you know, if they need him from game one or, or if they want to work him in and how he shows, uh, you know, obviously in, in the preseason. And to me, that's that's an unu- that's an interesting thing that you said there. I, I see so many offensive linemen who come into the NFL and they're they're ready to run block, and it's the pass blocking that really needs the help. And here's a guy who who says he he really thinks he needs the help in the run game. I and and to me, it seems like you'd rather have it that way and be able to protect that blind side. And well, we'll figure out the run the run blocking as we go, as vice versa, and maybe really get your quarterback hammered. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's probably a, a fair scenario, um, you know, uh, and I'm not sure. A lot of times, uh, you know, they'll, they'll maybe start a guy at right tackle, uh, but, but you know, he at Georgia, uh, you know, left tackle is, is where they had him last season, probably where he's most comfortable. So as we switch to, uh, to Darnell Washington, uh, you know, I was surprised. I think a lot of Steeler fans were at first surprised by that because we have a, a pretty good tight end already on the team. But uh, tell, tell us what you saw from, from Darnell Washington over his time there. No, Darnell was his numbers in terms of catches are not going to jump out. Um, you know, to a lot of guys that you're going to see, um, you know, that get drafted uh, in the first couple of days of the NFL draft. But that has a lot to do with the fact that, that Brock Bowers, who's going to be probably a top ten pick uh, next year, um, was kind of the focal point of Georgia's offense the last two years in terms of pass catchers. So you know, Darnell only had 17 catches before last season, and then had 28. Uh, only three touchdowns in his uh, college career, but you know he he really was almost a six offensive lineman. Um, they had him on the field a, a whole bunch, even if they didn't target him, and they would line him up almost as you know an inline tight end that uh, was an extra blocker. So you know with his size, um, very dangerous. Uh, you know just having him out there in different packages, um, six seven, two hundred and sixty five, and that can go up. And it did go up. I think at one point he was talked about it about 280 at Georgia, um, and you know, such a big target um, that especially in the red zone can be a, a very dangerous factor. We're talking to Mark Weiser of the Athens Banner Herald from Georgia, giving us the inside scoop on a couple of Bulldogs that the Steelers selected. Um, Darnell Washington. We talked a little bit about his background last week, but could you tell us a little bit more about where he's come from and in his journey to the NFL at this point? Yeah, I mean, he was a highly rated uh, recruit out of Las Vegas, um, and um, you know, but Georgia's had top three, top four recruiting classes, you know, for like six straight years. So, um, you know, you come to Georgia, you have to kind of, you know, especially Todd Munkin, who's now the offensive coordinator at, at the Ravens and a former offensive coordinator at Cleveland. Uh, he's very creative in getting the balls uh, in, you know, playmakers' hands. 
and you know Darnell maybe nece- didn't necessarily have the kind of skill set that you know he would make plays in space like like a Bowers or Lad McConkey who was a, a slot receiver that they would also bring in motion and uh, you know hand the ball off to him at times. Uh, but you know in terms of his journey, I mean you know he came from a, a difficult background in Las Vegas. I know um, you know he's proud of uh, you know being able to provide now to his family. Uh, I think he has uh, two young kids and. Um, you know, a guy that battled some injuries at Georgia, uh, but, you know, could have transferred. You know, a lot of guys uh, might have transferred, especially a guy far from home, but I think he bought into what, what they were doing, uh, you know, at Georgia, even if he wasn't, you know, getting, uh, you know, superstar-type numbers. What kind of guys are the Steelers getting uh, from an off-the-field perspective here? Uh, is Broderick Jones somebody who's a good leader? Is he going to be good in the community? Same with Washington. Yeah, both these guys, uh, you know, I can't remember either of them getting in any trouble at, at Georgia. Um, Jones in particular, uh, you know, very uh, comfortable in front of the camera and uh, kind of, uh, you know, a good personality. I think at the NFL Combine, he referred to himself as having sweet feet, uh, you know, being able to be very athletic, um, you know, on the perimeter with the blocking on the edge. And I know he ran very well at the Combine, so kind of showed, you know, beyond having the frame to play at the next level that, that had the speed, um, you know, that, that could, uh, you know, get to the outside, uh, you know, pulling and, and blocking, uh, you know, on the, on the edge. Well, since we have you here, and I know we're, we're, we're very uh, Western PA-oriented, Steelers-oriented, but, but give it, you know, I want to take a, a chance to talk to you about Georgia. What do you see coming next year? Obviously, a lot of prospects are, are, have graduated, but I know down there it's not rebuild as much as reload. What, what do you see for the uh, 2023 Bulldogs? Are they going to make it three in a row here? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly uh... – kind of the goal and expectation to a certain extent. I mean, I, you know, if they don't, uh, if they don't get to the playoff, I think it will be a disappointment with, with four teams, uh, you know, after winning it, you know, back to back years, certainly losing Stetson Bennett, you know, two time national championship quarterback who, you know, had a, a crazy story, came as a walk on and went, went to junior college, came back and, uh, you know, started a little bit and, and then got pulled, uh, came back and, and led the team, back-to-back years, you're going to have a different guy, probably Carson Beck there, but, but there's so much talent. We mentioned Bowers, um, you know, defensively in particular, um, you know, they just replace, um, you know, year after year w- with other five stars and, and guys that have developed. Um, so there's a lot of speed on defense, and, um, you know, uh, they brought back Mike Bobo uh, as offensive coordinator to replace Munkin, so he's a familiar face here. He was an offensive coordinator uh, under Mark Rick, and, um, you know, I'm sure – Mike Tomlin will uh, make this a regular part of his March uh, pro circuit uh, or pro day circuit. Uh, he's been here, I, I feel like, four or five years. I guess the pandemic maybe stopped that. But, um, you know, he's one of the guys, along with Belichick, that seems to be a, a every-year occurrence uh, in Athens. Seems like the Eagles are spending a little bit of time down there, too. Uh, Jalen Carter, what do you think of his, um, I guess, prospects in the NFL? Is he somebody that's going to, you know, show that talent and and excel or is he going to be somebody who maybe uh you know kind of can't get out of his own way i mean i think he went to a good situation there with with so many georgia guys uh you know in that locker room i think it will help um you know having the kobe dean um you know having um nolan smith there you know they've loaded up on on georgia players uh keely ringo as well um you know I guess there's questions about his practice habits, and obviously he had off-field um, 
issue with a racing um, incident that um, unfortunately led to the the death of a, of a teammate. Um, but you know he pled uh, you know no contest to uh, some misdemeanor charges with that. So I think the Eagles you know did their research on him and thought that going you know into that system with with the people there that they could help him. Uh, but he's certainly a, a dominating presence when he's on the field. He, he dealt with some injuries last year, but. You know, another guy that the, the stats don't always show it. I mean, if you watch him play after play, uh, which I would do on occasion in the press box with the binoculars on him, I mean, he's so disruptive that, um, you know, the other teams are, are always, uh, you know, trying to unload a, a pass or, or just get away from him because he's always in the backfield. We're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you one question related to something you said. You know, Stetson Bennett was the quarterback there, a lot of success. Uh, went in the fourth round to the Rams. Do you, do you think that he's got pro potential to, to surprise in the NFL, or or was he more of a, a product of a, just a great system there, or is it maybe a little both? I mean, I don't know if he's going to be, uh, you know, a, a one, you know top half of the NFL type starting quarterback. I mean, but certainly you see some – Guys, uh, you know, starting in the NFL that that you wouldn't necessarily uh, have suspected, um, you know, when they were when they came out of college. You know, Stetson we never would have thought would would be a starting quarterback at Georgia. Um, so I'm not going to doubt that he has the capability, and, and he's got a connection there too with Matthew Stafford, um, and and the Rams. Uh, you know, certainly like. Uh, you know what he brings to the table. Um, you know they had Baker Mayfield last year, and, and Stetson in 2017 in Rose Bowl practice was uh, scout team quarterback playing the role of Baker Mayfield. So they probably see some similar attributes that think uh, you know can help him. And he's already 20. He'll be 26 next October, so he's already kind of a, a veteran guy for a first year player. And um, you know if they have another injury situation with Stafford, uh, I think he'll be able to, to you know step in. Mark, we appreciate you taking the time to come on with us. Thanks so much. Yeah, good to be with you guys. Take care. All right, when we come back, four teams remain in the quest for Lord Stanley's Cup. Who do we like to advance? We'll discuss. Stay with us here on Connect FM Under Review. Finally, a weekly local sports show that you've always wanted. Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM. Get the latest on your favorite local sports teams here. Brought to you by our title sponsor. Next Year Bank is a proud supporter of all area sports in Du Bois. Bank anywhere, anytime, all on your terms with Next Year Bank's online and mobile banking solutions. Helping local families and businesses achieve their financial goals for over a century. Liberty Boulevard, Du Bois, and at nextyearbank.com. Your community bank. Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer, like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. You know PNC Park has the best views in baseball, but you've never seen anything like this. On Friday, May 19th, we're launching another epic drone skylight show. Come watch the Pirates take on the Diamondbacks at 635, then stick around after the game as a drone skylight show lights up the Pittsburgh skyline. And best of all, the whole thing will be set to the music, art, and culture of the Marvel Universe. You won't want to miss it. Get your tickets today at Pirates.com. 
Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's is giving you more in May. Now through Memorial Day, get more savings for everyone. We normally have $500 off new and pre-owned vehicles for our military and first responders. During more in May, we'll double it. Current and retired military members and first responders get $1,000 off. Get more for your trade. Get more protection with the Spitzer Shield. Featuring a lifetime powertrain warrant. Unlimited time, unlimited miles. Bumper to bumper protection on Spitzer certified vehicles and a $1,000 price match guarantee. Complimentary first year scheduled maintenance. Get more in May, more savings, more for your trade, more protection, and more miles of worry-free driving. Shop online anytime at Spitzer.com. $1,000 discount for current or retired first responders or military servicemen and women. Spitzer Shield. Must complete regular maintenance at the manufacturer's specified intervals and documented. Any breakdowns must be completed at the Spitzer location that you bought your vehicle from. Warranty affected anywhere in the continental United States of America, Alaska, Hawaii, and Canada. See dealer for complete details. Complimentary maintenance applies to new vehicle purchases. Expires 531-23. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. A freeze warning begins at midnight tonight and continues until 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Lows around 33 tonight under clear skies. Winds out of the northeast 5 to 10 miles per hour. Sunny skies tomorrow. Highs level off around 68. Lows level off around 47. Tomorrow night, clear skies. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 60. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. Welcome back to Under Review, sponsored by Next Tier Bank. I'm Bob Anderson, and he's Dave Glass. The NHL's Final Four is set. It's an unlikely group, Dave. Uh, I've heard it described as the Sun Belt, uh, the, the Sun Belt contest. Vegas is actually the team located farthest north out of the four, which is crazy to think. Um, and the only team I correctly predicted in the final four was Dallas. So before we get into the matchups themselves, how how surprised are you to see these four teams remaining? Um, in the West, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised, but not too surprised. I mean, we talked before the playoffs started that I thought except for Winnipeg, you could throw a blanket over them and, and you could see almost anything. Boston losing really messed the East up. Um, and and I, I, there's been some weird things that have happened there in, in the East. I, I really thought it was going to be Toronto's year after they got the monkey off their back. And man, they, they just fizzled out. They just fizzled badly yeah. and... and it's almost like the first round was their Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I and you don't know what's going to happen up there, but I, you know, we can we can d- dive into all that stuff later, but you got to give Florida a lot of credit because here's a team that was on the other end of this last year. You remember they had that amazing regular season and got dumped in the second round and this year nobody, you know, nobody believes in us that whole thing. Almost didn't make the playoffs. Probably shouldn't have. We've talked about oh, yeah. that if except for Chicago having like 37 seconds of you know, good against Pittsburgh, it would probably be Pittsburgh in there. But, you know, you get good goalie play at the right time. And, and this sort of thing can happen. And, you know, Bobrovsky is kind of changing his uh, playoff narrative there. So I think that's going to be a very interesting series. The stars, I think you had it right. I mean, they have, I think the best combination left of firepower and defense slash goalie play. They're going to be really, really hard to beat. 
Um, I do want to take a little bit of time and talk about Edmonton because what a disappointment. I thought they had it all lined up. All the, all the teams I thought were really big threats to them got knocked out. The West was wide open. Their power play was clicking at 55%. I'm thinking, man, how do you, how do you beat that team? Well, you beat them by not going to the box and by realizing that their goalie really wasn't very good. And yeah. he, the last couple games, he was really bad. And, um, you know, uh, it, their stars kind of – McDavid was still good. Dreisaitl tailed off quite a bit in that series. I don't know if he was hurt. You know, that's something that will probably come out. But. I didn't think McDavid was as good in these playoffs as he was in the regular season. I know that he seemed to be nursing a little bit of an injury at yeah. the beginning of the playoffs. That may have he looked fast him. to me. But, you know, yeah. the other thing is – and we talked about this also – as the playoffs go on, they call less penalties and less penalties and less penalties, and that really showed in their game. They did number one; they didn't get as many power play chances. Number two, that meant they were getting hooked and interfered with, and and, and other things. You know, kind of subtle, but for a team that's that fast, that's that's the way you beat them. And so they they're going to have some hard questions because you know it's getting late early up there. McDavid only has, I, I read somewhere, I think you might even send it to me, that McDavid only has three playoffs left in his 20s. And, you know, we can talk about that with Pittsburgh. It, the history of stars in their mid to late 30s winning anything is really bad. So they, they're, they're running out of time. Well, speaking of stars, there really aren't any big stars remaining in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, unless you really follow the NHL, you probably don't recognize the names in the in the final four. No player makes more than $10 million, which might you know, speak to team construction. Yeah, and I think that player's Bobrovsky of all things. Yeah, how about that? And the last team that actually won a Stanley Cup was Carolina back in 2006. So, you know, 1999 for the Stars, and neither Vegas or Florida has ever won one. So let's start in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we got the Panthers and the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes took two out of three in their matchups this season, uh, and the Panthers have played 12 games so far. They're a plus three goal differential. The Hurricanes have played 11 games so far. They're a plus 12 differential, the best in the playoffs. So I have been underrating the Hurricanes the whole playoffs. Maybe it's time that I stop doing that. Of course, I underrated Florida too. So these are the two unlikely teams in my estimation. The thing about the goal differential thing, I mean, you know, right out of the gate, Carol, or, uh, Florida had Boston. So it's like, okay, yeah, that, that was a seven-game series. Right. It probably was about an even goal differential. So it's like, oh, yeah, but they won the series. So that that's fantastic. I, I think we've all underrated Carolina because the one thing they do, except for that one weird game in the last round, is they prevent goals. I mean, it's kind of a race to three. We talked about that. First one to three always seems to win when you play them. And they're quite comfortable playing that two to one, three to two game. Florida, not so much. I, I, I they're going to re- really depend on Bobrovsky again. They're going to give up chances. They've been giving up chances every single game. I, I think I, I'll take the discipline team. I, I think that it is Carolina, but I do wonder that they're out gunned up front because they have so many injuries that, but I've said that for two rounds, but it's sooner or later, I do think they're going to have trouble when they need to get that fourth goal and they, they can't find it. So I, I would pick uh, Carolina because I do think at some point Florida is actually going to behave like a 95-point team or like whatever. Florida. But um, Yeah, Florida, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, I, this is an interesting matchup. And I think, you know, we talked about how styles make the fights. This is a very interesting stylistic clash, so it should be good. I think you could flip a coin in this series, honestly. It would go either way. I have a going seven. I pick Carolina as well simply because I keep picking against them and they're – 
proven me wrong. Uh, Carolina's penalty kill, I, I looked 90%. They're clicking at 90%. And I think Rod Brendamore is making his case, you know, as maybe the best coach in the NHL. That team doesn't beat themselves, like, except for that one weird game. And he even said, I've never seen this team play like that. They never beat themselves. They're so just that's consistent. A good yes. Recipe. Now, if they do play Dallas in the final, that would be very interesting. It sure would. So let's go out west then. We got the Stars and the Golden Knights. These teams were just three points apart in the regular season. Dallas won all re- all three of the regular season matchups, but two were in the shootout. Um, as a side note, before we get into that, Peter DeBoer, the Stars coach, of course, coach for Vegas, but he is seven and zero right now in Game Sevens in the I saw, playoffs. I saw that today. I couldn't believe it. It's, yeah, it's one of that's. Is that a coincidence? I, mean, I think or, it's you know? partly coincidence, but geez, seven is a lot. So yeah. So Vegas is back in the Western Conference Final. It's the fourth time in six seasons. I've been down on the Golden Knights, you know, but honestly, they remind me a lot of the Hurricanes. Um, they just play a, you know, they have a balanced team. Uh, they've been getting good goaltending, which, you know, a from lot a of guy that, I literally had never heard of Aiden before Hill, this year. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's a system thing for me out there, you know, just like the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes, they can pop any of three goalies in, and they still seem to get good goaltending. That's what Vegas is doing. That speaks to me about the the discipline nature of the team up front. So, how do you like? What do you think of this series? Well, I, well, first of all, with with Vegas, I'm amazed. You know, remember they they were an expansion team in '18, went to the final. And in a very short period of time, in six years, they have completely overhauled that roster. I mean, there's hardly anybody left. Front, back, goalie, it's all different. And I do think that they have a little more star power than you're giving them credit for. I like Eichel a lot. And I think he can be a difference maker. But when I look across at the other team, Pavelski is, is probably the best deflection goal player that's mm. ever played this game. You know, that's, that's a skill that doesn't seem to age so much. He's, what, 37, 38? He's still really good. Yeah, what, do you have four goals in one game yeah. on the first game back? You know, yeah. he seemed, and, uh, you know, they've got the best defenseman in Heiskanen, I think. They've got the best goalie in Ottinger. Not to say that, you know, Vegas has got good goaltending, better than I would have ever thought. But... It's kind of like that same up the middle theory. I mean, yeah, okay, I'll I'll give you Eichel, but I I just feel like this is Dallas's last big chance. I think, but we're gonna find out. Um, and I also, you know, it might be Vegas too. I mean, they're always playing with cap problems. You know, Vegas is always cycling people in and out, so. You wonder how many times they can do that before they start to run themselves into trouble. So, I don't, but I would pick Dallas. I don't know if you uh, if you pay any attention to like you know the past is being prologued for what's coming. But Ottinger has been a, a devil against the, uh, the Golden Knights. He's got a one point one eight goals against average against them, a point nine six zero save percentage, and a shutout. Uh, so he's going to be tough if he gets his game going, which I didn't think he played that well in the second round. There's room for him to grow here in this series. Um, same with, um, Jason Robertson. He really uh, hasn't Robertson been, is the X factor. Yeah. I he think, hasn't yeah. been that great. Um, so far, I mean, he only has two goals in two series. So Rupi Hintz is playing awesome. If he keeps playing like that, I too like the stars. I'm going to take them in six. Um, so I've got a, uh, Carolina versus Dallas. Uh, Stanley Cup final, which means it'll probably be Vegas versus. Yeah, we haven't been right yeah, yet. So Florida. I, you know, sometimes I wonder why we even bother with this. But it's fun, nonetheless. It is fun. It is fun. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. I hope people do watch because you know, I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm tired of Pittsburgh. I'm tired of when you know Chicago was good and Boston and blah blah blah." The Caps. Well, guess what? Here's all these teams that you don't see, and you know, there's a half decent chance somebody's never won a cup's going to do it. So that's neat. 
All right, so when we come back, we're going to talk to another, uh, well, this time a, a Pittsburgh historian, Dave Finoli, uh, to get his take on, on the past. So stay with us here as we continue under review on Connect FM. Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's is giving you more in May. Now through Memorial Day, get more savings for everyone. We normally have $500 off new and pre-owned vehicles for our military and first responders. During more in May, we'll double it. Current and retired military members and first responders get $1,000 off. Get more for your trade. Get more protection with the Spitzer Shield. Featuring a lifetime powertrain warrant. Unlimited time, unlimited miles. Bumper to bumper protection on Spitzer certified vehicles and a $1,000 price match guarantee. Complimentary first year scheduled maintenance. Get more in May, more savings, more for your trade, more protection, and more miles of worry-free driving. Shop online anytime at spitzer.com. At Spitzer, our world revolves around you. $1,000 discount for current or retired first responders or military servicemen and women. Spitzer Shield. Must complete regular maintenance at the manufacturer's specified intervals and documented. Any breakdowns must be completed at the Spitzer location that you bought your vehicle from. Warranty affected anywhere in the continental United States of America, Alaska, Hawaii, and Canada. See dealer for complete details. Complimentary maintenance applies to new vehicle purchases. Expires 531-23. I'm looking for a stylish pair of glasses and sunglasses for summer. Go to Main Street Eye Care Spring Frame and Glasses Show on May 24th. Reps will be there from popular brands like Ray-Ban, Ted Baker, Gwen Stefani, and more. Main Street Eye Care Spring Frame Show on May 24th. Bring a Friend to the show at 200 South Main Street from 3 to 7. The more the merrier. And if they're not a patient, they can just bring in their prescription or get a frame to take to their eye care provider. Fun. I'll see you there on May 24th. The winery at Wilcox will be there and so will the chamber. Find information at facebook.com slash Vision. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. We're back on Under Review here on Connect I'm Dan FM. Kennard with Connect FM local news. Here's what's happening. Sorry about that. Uh, but we are... Um, Happy to be joined on the line right right now by a historian, uh, David Finoli, who covers uh, all kinds of Western Pennsylvania sports. David, do you do you go by David first of all, or Dave? Uh, either's good with me. All right. Well, it is an exciting day for us because we both like history and we both like sports, obviously. So it's great to have you on. Um, I'm going to let Dave kind of lead off things here and get us started. So, Dave, I guess the first question, just to kind of get our listeners caught up to date, uh, how many books have you written about Western PA sports uh, in your career? Well, I'm just about to release my 36th. 36th book. That's just absolutely amazing. What, what's the 36th book going to be about? It's going to be about uh, the 1970s in, in uh, Western Pennsylvania. Okay, that's great. Is that called We Are Family? Yeah, that'll, that'll be included, obviously, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, there was a lot of tragedy to go with the uh, championships that decade, so we're going to kind of cover it all. Oh, that's fantastic. The other thing I noticed is that you are part of a, a site called Draft 412. Uh, how, did, how did you get hooked up with that? 
Well, I had uh, met the guy that had uh, that had founded it. We were um, I, I was uh, kind of helping him uh, with some books he had written, and uh, um, he had told me about his uh, his his love of the draft and and his desire. I had a podcast at the time, so we had him on the show, and I, I found him to be one of the most knowledgeable people on the draft I had ever come across, and and um, you know he wanted to cover. Uh, um, all aspects of the draft, baseball, hockey, and, and football, and uh, asked me if I'd be interested in uh, being his baseball guy. Oh, well, that leads right into my next question. I saw that they, they, they did a, uh, a mock draft, and obviously Pittsburgh has the number one pick this year, and it looks like that might really pay off. Uh, you and, and everybody else seem to be high on, on Dylan Cruz. Uh, so tell me a little bit about what you see in, in Cruz and what really sets him apart. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. He, he's a mature hitter. They they claim him to be the um, the best college hitter in over a decade. But you know, in, in what I've seen, he's the best college hitter I've seen since since probably Barry Bonds. Ooh, that's um, big talk. <laughs> I like that. I mean, he's he's got everything. And the thing I love about him is he's got a great eye. He, he's not just hacking out there, and um, um, he doesn't strike out a lot. He, he has power. He. I think right now he's he's hitting about 450, 440. His his OPS is in the 1400s. Um, it, it just seems like one of those picks that be a knucklehead pick if you didn't take it. Well, and and for those who aren't familiar, uh, Cruz plays for LSU, obviously a power conference, the SEC. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you: Do you feel like? Uh, teams like Pittsburgh, when they draft somebody really, really highly touted who comes out of a power uh, conference like that, should they just skip right to say double A? Because really, facing competition like that, it takes them out of the single A. Or do you think they still should start them lower? Personally, I I think college baseball at that level certainly replicates A ball. Um, I think they could probably go into double A, but again. You know these are valuable properties, and they. I, I, I've also seen uh, the David Clydes of the world be be rushed. Uh, I don't know if you remember him from the uh, 1970s with Texas. I've um, heard the name. I, I'm a little too young to remember it, but I definitely have read about that. Yeah, I mean, he he was a young uh, a young pitcher. He was out of high school, but uh, a guy who was supposed to be the next Sandy Koufax, and they rushed him and ended up just destroying his career. Um, so I I. I don't think they'll do that. I think probably they'll start him out at a Greensboro, the upper A. Um, but, um, boy, it shouldn't take that long, uh, barring any injuries, before we see him. In, uh, in, I mean, right now, most of the experts say in the top 100 prospects in baseball, he would automatically go in the top 10 without playing a, a moment of professional baseball. That's how good he is. Well, and, and, and I agree with you, by the way, about your comparison to single A. And I also looked back through at players like Bonds and uh, Bryce Harper and some others. And a lot of the really, really top guys were in the majors before they were 20 or certainly by the time they were 21. And that's how I believe that's how old he'll be when he's drafted. So even if they do start him low, I hope they're pretty aggressive with him because you don't you don't want somebody like this. Langu- I want to say languishing, but spending time in the minors unnecessarily until they're like 24. That seems like a waste of a right. real prime time. I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. So um, I guess my next question for you is uh, of all you, you, you've spent a lot of time studying the history of Western PA sports, different, you know, different teams, different eras. You probably get this question a lot. What's your favorite team? Do you have a favorite team from the time you've you've written about? 
Oh, uh, without a doubt, and it was a, a team I, I was uh, honored to be able to write about uh, and, and publish a book last fall, and that was the 76 uh, Pitt Panther National Championship football team, uh, uh, which was uh, in local sports as, as great of memories that we've had as I've had with all the teams. That was probably my most memorable because national championships, unless you uh, you have the money of an Alabama or Georgia, they're rare. And um, just how that team was put together, it was 1-10 in 1972 uh, when they hired Johnny Majors, and he just did a ridiculous job turning it around in a four-year period. Um, and, um, you know, some great names, Tony Dorsett, Al Romano, um, Jeff Delaney. <clears throat> you know, it was, it was uh, um, just an incredible turnaround in a short period of time and a fun book to write about. We're talking to Dave Finoli, a Pittsburgh sports uh, aficionado, I guess we'll call you, uh, and an author. So one of the books that I read that you have um, you know, written is The 50 Greatest Games in Pittsburgh Pirates History. And one game that I doubt is in there, and I have to ask this because I'm hoping my brother is listening. I feel like this game just crushed his heart, uh, was Game 7 of the NLCS against Atlanta the Pirates held a 2-0 lead going into the ninth inning with a chance to get to the World Series. And said, we know what Sid Bream did and and how it crushed everybody here. And I feel like we maybe haven't quite got over that loss. It's been 30 years, but it's still crushing. Do you, what do you recall about that game, Dave? And, and do you feel like that did change the fortunes of the Pirates' for, uh, fortunes here as they went forward? Well, if, if you're asking me if I've ever gotten over it, I, I'll let you know when it happened. Um, <laughs> Because it, it was, I mean, I remember every moment of that game. I remember in the uh, in the bottom of the ninth, pulling the phone to call my friend Bill, who I wrote the uh, Pirate Encyclopedia with, um, so we could discuss, uh, um, you know, how uh, how we were going to beat Minnesota in the uh, in the um, not Minnesota, it was Toronto. I'm sorry, in the um, in the World Series and and. Uh, um, and just looking in, in utter disgust when Jose Jose Lean dropped a, a ball he never drops. Um, you just had every possible thing that could go against you. And Francisco Cabrera coming up, a guy who was a horrible hitter, but he was the last bench player um, available. And I, I remember just slump, slumping in my chair as they called Sid Bream safe. Mm-hmm. I was with, I was with my neighbor downstairs. Um, watching the game we didn't say a word for about a half hour and eventually i got up turned it off didn't say a word to him went upstairs and um uh, you know i'm still waiting to get over it uh, 30 years later but what the i mean the, the thing about it was 92 they had lost uh, a few players they had lost Benia, they had lost john smiley and they weren't necessarily expected to win a third championship in a row so uh, when they won the East that year, it was, it was, you know, what I considered a gift. But you knew it was going to be over. You knew Drabeck was gone. You knew Bonds was gone. I mean, they chose to sign Vance Like, who eventually got injured, uh, which turned out to be a huge mistake if they were trying to focus on one guy. Um, so you knew it was over at that point, and you knew this was their last chance. What we thought was for hopefully a few years while they rebuilt, but. You know, when, when Sid Bream, who, if they had instant replay, would have been called out. Um, um, but 
when he slid across the plate, who knew it was going to be 20 years of losing baseball? I mean, that that was just the ironic thing about it was it, it was a moment that crushed Pirate fans more than any other moment in the franchise's history, and yet it just was the beginning of, of something so bad that no other team in North American professional sports history had 20 consecutive losing seasons. It's easier to win a World Series than to lose 20 seasons in a row. And, I mean, there's a big newspaper on my on my wall in my man cave with the number 82 on it when they finally, in 2013, finally uh, clinched a winning season. And, and to be that pathetic that we're celebrating the fact that they could be 82 and 80, that's bad. Well, let's talk about happier thoughts then. We, <laughs> we'll go to our beloved Penguins. Uh, they've won five Stanley Cups. Which of those five was, the, I guess, the most memorable for you? They're the one that felt the best. Oh, the first one. I mean, when I was growing up and going to school, the Penguins were what the Pirates are now. I mean, they were the embarrassment of the NHL. We used to. I went to Duquesne University, and, and <clears throat> we used to buy $5 tickets at the top of the arena and by the end of the first period, I had, we gave uh, Ben Usher $5, and we were sitting on the glass down below because nobody was there. Um, I mean, this team was more known for coming out of bankruptcies than it was for winning hockey. And um, Chris Fletcher, another gentleman I've, I've written books with, he was living in Los Angeles at the time. And the great thing about Game 6 of the 91 Finals, when they finally turned it around, was we got to talk the whole third period and relive just how special and how magic it was that a moment we, we never thought we'd see because the Penguins had been so bad was about to come true. And, you know, 25 years later, there was no way I could have guessed we would have won four more, but it, it has just been kind of a dream um, to go through that. But that was my favorite. We're almost out of time here, but uh, just real quick, bringing it back to the, to the present. You know, the, obviously the Pirates got off to that great start. We all knew they weren't that good. They've kind of been really horrible lately. Uh, today being an exception, they had a nice win today. But uh, are you kind of in the camp that this year's kind of bonus, you know, just still on the development track, and next year is really the year where, where we, we're going to get some, you know, really have to should expect a winning season? Absolutely. I mean, if they if they win 82 games this year, that'll be a plus. But this is the best farm system this franchise has had and the deepest farm system since the 1960s. Um, I read an article in Draft 412 that compares how that, how that system fed the 1971 Pirates, and it's as deep as that. I, I really think this franchise, for the first time since then, is doing the right thing to hopefully maintain winning baseball in the city over a longer period of time than three years. Um, I'm really excited how the pitching has been this year. And there, there are just, there's a lot of depth down there that we're not going to see uh, for another year or two. But when it comes up, we're going to be happy with it. Well, we are just about out of time. And just a reminder to everybody, you can read his work on Draft 412 or look him up. Uh, he's he's Wherever books are sold, he's got books. And we hope to have you back on, Dave. Yeah, uh, we got so great. much more we can talk to you about. <laughs> Would love, would love to be back on. All right. Well, thanks so much. When we return, we're going to be talking about some local sports. I hear a team might be going dancing. So stay with us here on Connect FM, under review sports talk. 
Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports, you love extreme sports, or you work in hazardous construction zones, you need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Commons Drive to Boys and at MyWiseEyes.com. I'm Dan Kettered, and this is the Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat, sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. It was a busy week for District 9 high school baseball and softball, and the playoffs are fast approaching. Let's give a quick review to the week. Last Wednesday, May the 10th, in baseball, St. Mary's beat Bradford 10-1. Logan Mosier for the Flying Dutch went 2-for-4 at the plate with a triple and three runs batted in. The big game, Dubois beating Punxsutawney 2-1. Dubois freshman Noah Farrell struck out 14, gave up just one run on six hits in six innings of work in that game. And Bald Eagle area was a 5-0 winner over Clearfield. In softball last Wednesday, it was Dubois Central Catholic beating Brockway 16-0. St. Mary's a 17-0 win over Bradford. Brookville and Clarion Limestone splitting a doubleheader. Brookville took the first 10-8. Clarion Limestone the second game 14-12. Holidaysburg upended Clearfield 11-1. And Elk County Catholic a 6-2 winner over Otto Eldred. Dubois downed Punxsutawney 9-5. Ava Barron had a walk-off grand slam in the seventh inning. Morgan Pasternak went two for three with a triple, two runs scored, and two runs batted in for the Lady Beavers. Checking Thursday games in baseball, Brookville beat Bradford 13-2 in five innings. Carter Kessler was three for four for the Raiders with two runs scored. Cameron County got a 3-2 win over Elk County Catholic. Dubois Central Catholic upended Clarion 5-2. The Cardinals scoring four runs in the top of the seventh for that come-from-behind win. Carter Hickman, two for three for Dubois Central Catholic with one run, one run batted in. And Clearfield was a 5-4 to four winner over Phillipsburg Osceola. Cole Bloom was two for four with three runs batted in for the Bison. In softball games on Thursday, Marion Center blanked Brookville 9-0. Dubois Central Catholic got a 12-3 win over Clarion. In that one, Dubois Central Catholic's Rose Whipple was 2-4 with three runs batted in. Addison Seipel pitched a no-hitter for Kerwinsville, and they beat Penn's Manor 9-0. Clearfield notched a 16-6 win over Phillipsburg Osceola. Now let's check Friday, May 12th results in baseball games. Dubois beating Warren 11-3. Red Bank Valley downed Brockway 6-1. The Flying Dutch of St. Mary's got a 5-1 win over Brookville. Elk County Catholic outslugged Otto Eldred 6-1. And it was Punxsutawney with a 7-5 win over Johnsonburg. In softball games last Friday, Elk County Catholic beating Brookville 10-2. Bald Eagle area downed Punxsutawney 10-5. Wellsville outscored St. Mary's 6-2. 
checking Saturday's games in baseball. Brockway, an 11-6 winner over Bradford. Altoona upended Dubois 9-6. Dubois Central Catholic was a 12-2 winner over Franklin. And on Saturday in softball, Dubois slipped past Altoona 6-5. Emma Delp's bases loaded fielder's choice in the bottom of the seventh inning gave Dubois that walk-off win. Now to this week on Monday in baseball, Punxsutawney shut out Brookville 13-0. Clearfield was a 10-3 winner over Kirtlandsville. Dubois Central Catholic shut down St. Mary's 8-0. Dubois Central Catholic's Aiden Snowberger threw a two-hit shutout. He struck out 13. He also went two for five at the plate for the Cardinals. Elk County Catholic scored a 16-2 win over Smithport. Softball games Monday, Red Bank Valley beating Brockway 15-5, and uh, Brockway winning the second game of that doubleheader 6-4 over Red Bank Valley. Amanda Decker, Stephanie Stage, and Kalina Powell, each with two hits for the Lady Rovers. Brookville beat Clarion 13-6. It was Kerwinsville over Juniata Valley 2-1. Elk County Catholic got a 15-0 shutout win over Smithport, and St. Mary's also shutting out Johnsonburg 15-0. On Tuesday in baseball games, Carn City beat Brockway 6-2. It was Punxsutawney with an 8-3 win over Clearfield. Kerwinsville doubled up Moshannon Valley 10-5. The Cardinals of Dubois Central Catholic got an 8-5 win over Phillipsburg Osceola and Clarion Limestone. Upended Elk County Catholic 5-1. Softball games on Tuesday, yesterday. Dubois shutting out Bradford 15-0. Clearfield with a shutout over Punxsutawney 6-0. And Kerwinsville swept a doubleheader from North Star 7-2 and 10 to nothing. And on today's schedule in baseball, Belfont plays at Dubois. Softball games set for today. Dubois Central Catholic at St. Mary's. Brockway at Bradford. Brookville at Punxsutawney. And Warren plays at Elk County Catholic. And that'll do it for this week's local youth sports beat on Connect FM. Sponsored by Wise Eyes and Dr. Greg Lineski at the Dubois Commons. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. A freeze warning begins at midnight tonight and continues until 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. Lows around 33 tonight under clear skies. Winds out of the northeast 5 to 10 miles per hour. Sunny skies tomorrow. Highs level off around 68. Lows level off around 47. Tomorrow night, clear skies. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 60. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Well, it was fun to take a trip down memory lane there with uh, Pittsburgh Sports, and we'll have to have Dave Finoli on again. He was an awesome guest. Uh, So many places we can go with him. But in the meantime, we got a local story really taking shape here, Dave. Uh, Penn State Dubois has really uh, something special going on here. As the nine seed, they've now won four games in the winner's bracket. They're off to the winner's bracket final now with a win today, a 9-3 victory. Uh, they're doing it with strong pitching and good defense. And, uh, you know, 
I'm just I'm just really amazed. I'm at a loss for words at how good this team is playing. Yeah, and not just winning, but I mean, you, you hit on the pitching, but today they won nine to three. I mean, other teams are starting to run out of pitching. It's that part, and you know, and this is why when we talked when I talked to Coach Clary last week. I brought up the pitching depth, and if you get stuck in that loser's bracket, it's so hard to come back because you just your your pitching gets stretched to the limit. He's going to have a really good situation going into tomorrow because last night he threw, and we'll talk about it, he threw a freshman through a complete game. Um, you know, he probably didn't have to. I wasn't there, but I don't think he probably had to overtax his bullpen today. He's probably he told us he had nine, ten, eleven guys you can throw. He probably has four or five available tomorrow at least. And then if they do lose and they have to come back Friday, he can come back to his ace because it'll you know it's been long enough he can probably go with him. So they are really set up, um, and it's just so impressive. We talked about it last week. Started three and ten. Looked like the season might be lost. I mean, they at that might point, not even get a bid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, forget a bid. They might not even you know get out of their own conference. Right. And uh, it, it, to, to get from there to where they are now, it, it, it it's got to be his best coaching job ever. And and. It, it's so great, but I do before. And if you'll give me just a moment, sure. the, the kid who threw last night, his name Zach Tiracorda. I've known his dad, Aaron. Everybody in West Branch calls him Jook. Uh, I played ball with him twenty years ago. Great guy, great coach. Um, and and his kid was a pretty you know good pitcher at West Branch. But this has to be this is the moment he'll this that Zach will have for the rest of his life to throw a shutout in the small college World Series as a freshman. In, in, a, in a such a huge game, and it was only two nothing. It's not like he yeah. had a lot to work with there There's in no the session. Yeah, he, he struck out seven seven batters. Uh, he outdoled the PSUAC West Division Pitcher of the Year from Mount Alto. Yeah, and like we talked about, he got into a bit of a jam in the ninth inning, but uh, you know the situation wasn't too much for him. Yeah, Jook. You know, I mean, we talked about it off the air here, but you know the worst part of that is always being a parent in the stands. There's nothing you can do. You, you know, first and third, one out, seventh inning. You're not sure. You know, if your boy has anything left. You know, Jook told me he was nervous as could be, but, you know, Zach held it together and got out of it. So, hey, it, it's, it's a wonderful story. It is, for sure. So we'll be rooting for Penn State Dubois here. In the meantime, uh, this weekend we have a local event ready to happen here, uh, some roller hockey. So I'm actually participating in that tournament and helping to run it. Uh, we do a roller hockey tournament every year called the Randy Carlson Memorial Tournament. It's in memory of a former player who passed away from melanoma, so we've been keeping his legacy alive ever since with this tournament. This year, we're set to benefit a 10-year-old from the local community, Mason Dintiman and his family. Mason has leukemia, and he'll be receiving treatment for quite some time, and we want to help him out. Uh, we do want to let you know, listeners, that you can come down and support the tournament and see some great hockey in the process. We're down at the new facility in Brockway. It's an awesome court. The only problem is it's looking a little bit like rain on Saturday, so we do have a rain date scheduled for Sunday. If we're not there Saturday, we'll be playing Sunday at 10 a.m. Dave, you're going to be uh, out there roughing. What, what's your experience like in that tournament? Well, first first of all, before we go into that, I yeah. mean, Bob likes to underplay his his contributions to all this, but he and his wife Summer do so much work for this tournament a year round, really, and especially at this time. And 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 there's a lot of other people that that help out. I know I know uh, Herm does a lot, Tim Herman, and, and and some other guys. I know Dan Fatula is involved, and and it's and it's great. And Brian, your brother, yep. but. But the work you guys do is so inspiring, and it's inspired me from the first time I learned about it. But, yeah, I'm going to be down there. I hope to – if my knee will hold up, I'm going to ref a few games. My playing days are over, but uh, I don't mind getting screamed at by some of the guys for a couple games, uh, especially once we get into the playoff section. But he's – Bob's right. Come down, 
watch some action, put some bids in on some of the auction items. There's some amazing stuff that's available. Um, and all the money goes to a great cause. Um, a friend of mine from Pittsburgh, and I want to give him a shout out, Tim Baker, donated awesome lower bowl tickets for the Penguins. Um, date to be determined, but they're aisle seats. I've sat in them. They're, they're fantastic. Thank you so much, Tim, for that. But so many other people in the local area have, have donated things, and uh, it, it's a great time. If you wake up on Saturday and it's raining, then you'll know it's Sunday. It's an outdoor court, so if it gets even a little bit wet, forget it. So um, my guess is we'll be playing Sunday. But looks that way, yeah. <laughs> and it looks like a nice day Sunday, but there's going to be a ton of great hockey action. I can tell you there's some really good talent down there. So if you're if you're a hockey fan, you'll, you'll enjoy watching some it's all free to watch so come on down if you want to throw a few bucks into the basket raffle we we would appreciate that too and uh you'll get to see a, a great day of, of sports and community coming it, together it's fast paced it's iron man which means there's no subs it's a 10 what 10 minute games uh 10 minute games, 10 minute yep. games. And we have 10 so, teams so okay that's good yeah. 10 and 10 so but it, you know it, we call it an iron man tournament because there's no subs everybody just plays the 10 minutes and and we also tend to call bob here the cyborg because <laughs> he never seems to get tired and he he never seems to get old so you put a cyborg in an iron man tournament it tends to work out pretty well for his team so i think he's probably one of the favorites as well, usual. The funny thing is I've only ever won that tournament once. So as much <laughs> as you like to build me up, I appreciate that. I've only ever won it once. Well, well, let's talk about that a little bit. I haven't yeah. looked at the roster. Who? I mean, your team's always strong, but leaving your team aside, who who do you think the, 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 pre, the pre-tournament favorites are? Uh, I always go with uh, the, the Reynoldsville boys. You got uh, Dave Jewell, you got um, Derek Day, and then you you know you put uh, Adam McKinley and oh, Matt. Oh, his doc? Yeah, okay. so uh, I mean, you put those guys together, they're always going to be tough. But uh, Clint Lingenfelder's team, they've been really playing well lately, and, and I don't rule them out. Andy Calvert's on that team, Jake Klein. So that's going to be a really good team, maybe one to beat too. Well, I always enjoy seeing those guys, and, uh, and I, I, I kidded about them young, but honestly, it's fun to ref that tournament um everybody's knows what we're there for and, and it's going to be great all right well we can't spend too much time we got to get lost here in just a couple minutes stay with us for one last segment on under review Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer, like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Since 1982, Exmark has been dedicated to building the world's finest mowers. These mowers provide you with a quality of cut that seems impossible, dependability you measure in lifetimes, and an operator experience like none other. Because Exmark believes if something's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Visit Dunlop Lawn and Garden in Dubois or Brookville to discover a one-of-a-kind ownership experience and see the difference for yourself. 
Finally, a weekly local sports show that you've always wanted. Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM. Get the latest on your favorite local sports teams here. Brought to you by our title sponsor. Next Year Bank is a proud supporter of all area sports in Du Bois. Bank anywhere, anytime, all on your terms with Next Year Bank's online and mobile banking solutions. Helping local families and businesses achieve their financial goals for over a century. Liberty Boulevard, Du Bois, and at nextyearbank.com. Your community bank. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. All right, we really pushed it to the max tonight, Dave, so uh, we're just going to leave it with a quick get lost here. It's going to be really quick. Yeah, really quick. Uh, Get lost to 10 10 o'clock NHL games on the West Coast. And uh, Tim Herman's Pirates lawn sign, ever since he put that up, they went on the slide. Oh, Tim should know better than that. And I totally agree about the 10 o'clock thing, but we could have talked a lot about that. Uh, I'm going to say get lost, and we're going to stick in the NHL. And I hit it on a little bit. The changing standards for penalties as series go on and as the playoffs go on, a penalty is a penalty is a penalty. All right. Well, we thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. And thank you to Next Tier Bank for the sponsorship.